Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay inside with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra, uh, here today with a special edition episode for everyone. We're going to be doing a draft recap and uh, a player interview for everyone. So for this first portion, you're going to be hanging out with me and my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, aka the Scam Originator. How are you doing today, Claire? I'm good. Uh, I can't believe we have like stuff to talk about. It's so exciting. <laughs> feels nice. Feels good. Feels great. Mm-hmm. Love to talk about it. It being the Chicago Red Stars, there was an NWSL draft that took place. And uh, the Chicago Red Stars, you know, we went ahead and we did a nice little preview for patrons only because them's the perks uh, when you subscribe to Southside Trap Pod. Sometimes you get things that are made with love just for you. And uh, within that preview, uh, we mentioned how we kind of had the vibe that maybe the Red Stars would uh, finagle their way out of the draft in some capacity, but we got some pleasant surprises, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that uh, with everyone. Uh, the Red Stars had made a number of moves uh, ahead of draft day, kind of trading away a, a number of those first round picks. They had a ton of them. Uh, they were utilized to get players like Mel Pugh and Sarah Waldmo uh, to the team. Uh, and they still found themselves with a six-round pick uh, overall heading into the 2021 draft. And uh, they made a first-round draft, a, a trade, that the endless first round that took two hours to get through, uh, with Portland Thorns, where they essentially just sort of swapped positions and uh, earned an additional later-round pick. And with that seventh overall pick, they chose Madison Haley out of Stanford University, a pick that we are very excited about. And uh, they went ahead and proceeded to continue making picks throughout their draft. Uh, 18th overall, Chicago selected uh, Kelsey Turnbow, a forward out of Santa Clara. Uh, 25th overall, Brianna Alger, a defender out of Washington State. Uh, 32nd overall, and one of the picks that they got from Portland, Channing Foster, a forward midfielder out of Ole Miss. And 35th overall is Alyssa Gorzak, University of Virginia, out of Naperville, Illinois, baby. Very and nice uh, Chicagoland name there. Yeah, Alyssa Gorzak, spelled A-L-I-S-S-A. So don't get it, don't get it twisted. And a uh, real good way to to close out a Chicago Red Stars draft, right, with Rory Dames uh, selecting a Naperville homegrown kid. Uh, Claire, I, I think we got to start with Madison Haley. Hyped. Yeah, I mean, we uh, – well, obviously, we – with our with our preview that we did, we thought maybe they weren't going to take a player at all. Um, and I think a little bit, too, it's it's funny. I, going back, um, I think that we were a little bit – I know I was a little bit reluctant to, like, name a player that I would like them to take at that spot because we did that in 2020, and then joke was on us. They didn't take anybody, and I got all disappointed. Um, so I think that we were maybe just like, well, we'll maybe expect them to, to trade out or, or to sell that pick, um, and then anything else is, is a big bonus. But I think that, I mean, John John Halloran tweeted this, that, yeah, we had been talking in our, in our, little, our little group chat about how Haley seemed like a great option at that, at that point in that she is – Um, a player who has seen year to year growth with every year at Stanford. Um, She is someone who, uh, you know, has been a leader for that team in the front line, obviously a very strong program. And she feels, she feels the need. Like if you're thinking about someone who, if you were going to take a player who maybe long-term 
fills the biggest team need, that would be that player. And, but we just didn't know if they were going to do it. And so I think that we, uh, we didn't say anything, but no, I think it's a great, I think it's a great choice. I think we're going to talk about this um, a couple of times, but all of these picks are like kind of long-term thinking in that. And this is something that Rory talked to us when he was on the podcast last about how um, there are teams that need players right now. And there are teams that maybe are willing to say, Hey, finish whatever you're doing in college. We'll be fine. We'll see you when you're ready. Um, and so that was definitely the the way Chicago approached the draft. And uh, they also got that little international slot back. So, you know, that's nice too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, we again, a huge reason why we thought Chicago was maybe eyeing to trade out of the 2021 draft was because the Red Stars kicked off their draft day with a morning trade. And it was announced that they went ahead and they got, what was it, $35 in allocation money? Yeah, uh, in exchange for uh, an international slot for for 2021, and they ended up getting that right back in that first round uh, when they just traded down the one spot uh, with Portland. So, uh, thought it was pretty good trade. You get the player that you still want, you get something back that you had traded away earlier, and uh, we'll we'll see because we're trying to keep an eye on those international slots, right? And uh, they keep floating around in trades with other teams as assets for the Red Stars, and yet they keep kind of pulling one back. So we'll see if the Red Stars end up doing anything with said international slot. And uh, time will tell, we're excited about that. And we're also definitely excited about Madison Haley, uh, a forward amongst other players who were drafted in this draft, like Claire mentioned, that uh, we're probably not going to see for a little a little while. There's a number of players here that may not join up until after their spring season. And some who are, you know, possibly not going to even be mentioned ever again, and period, and or until 2022. Um, that's just kind of the unfortunate reality of uh, drafts sometime. Um, but it was nice to see or hear the reaction of Madison Haley. She she literally said she was speechless yeah. <laughs> via her social uh, media channels and thanked the Chicago Red Stars. And uh, for the second pick, 18th overall, Kelsey Turnbull, she was uh, also equally excited to have been drafted by by the team, uh, despite her also her her plans on um, you know going back and, and finishing up things with with Santa Clara. I, I was also excited about this pick as well. I think Maria Sanchez maybe said it best, Claire. It's something about the Chicago Red Stars and Santa Clara Broncos, right? That's right. That's right. They love to draft a Bronco. Um, yeah, so uh, Madison Haley, she, just going back for one second, she she is a player that didn't actually declare for the draft, though we know that doesn't really mean very much. Um, at this point, there were a number of players, including number one pick Emily Fox, who, who didn't actually declare for the draft. Um, she, yeah, she was not, she didn't do, she didn't do, press um on the night also not reading too much into that but we just didn't get a chance to talk to her um rory spoke spoke i asked i asked rory specifically about Haley, and he said he feels like her ceiling is is the sky he thinks that sky's the limit for in terms of her potential and that um that he thinks that the team is the right spot for her to develop and grow um but we did get to speak to kelsey turnbow and that's where we get to um some of the oddities of, of this particular draft which is that she always was very clear that she um, is going back to finish her master's degree at Santa Clara. That's probably why she was available in the second round because she is a very high, high talent. Um, she, she's got another, she's another person who I think her potential is very, very strong. Um, but obviously there are teams that need people right now. So they maybe didn't want to take that chance on her. Um, but she did speak to media and, and it was nice to talk to 
her. And we talked to a couple other players who were drafted by different teams who are making that same choice of deferring for another year. But this was still a huge night for them. Like they, there's no, there was no hesitance or anything like that in terms of, of being super stoked that they were drafted by the team. Um, it's just when you kind of have a life plan, you gotta, you gotta follow it. And so I think that um, it was nice to be able to see her and talk to her um, to kind of get that vibe. Cause you never know exactly, but it was really great to get a little bit of FaceTime with her um, off, off the bat. And she is another player who, again, she, Rory said this, that he was surprised that she was available when she was um, probably her, her future plans had to do with something like that. But she is someone who, next year if she if she had if in a normal year maybe could have even gone in the first round so um yeah, yeah great pickup for Chicago mm-hmm. there I think I I'm in total 100% agreement I think if the circumstances are different or and or the same <laughs> as they were in previous drafts right um the draft boards probably look a little bit different for each team really out there and uh Turnbow is is ob- is on a lot of mock boards basically um but this wasn't uh, the typical uh, draft class. And um, I really do appreciate uh, Rory Dames coming on and doing the media session that he did. It was great to hear him, you know, answer your question about a player like Haley and, and sort of put in that perspective of like getting players who have to maybe work through some injuries, which is, that's also become yeah. a, that's also, we've seen that that's really become a part of Chicago Red Stars culture itself as well. It's like, yes, give me your broken. We will mend them and then make them whole again. Yeah. They really I, think they figured something out, particularly in the concept of like, you know, the Chicago is no better at healing a sprained ankle than anybody else. But I think that they've just done a lot of research into physical therapy, body alignment, things like that. The idea that, um, you are overworking one thing because another thing is, is a little bit too weak or you're relying on a part of your body that with some different strength training, um, strategies, you will no longer be over relying on. And that was kind of what Rory alluded to a little bit in terms of Haley, where, you know, he didn't go into any specifics, but he, he was like, we just feel that if you have a player that is always struggling with like a little thing, that's not always in uh, a cartilage issue. You know, it's just something that, that just takes a little bit more investigating. Um, and they feel like they've built something very strong and they have a reputation of, of being very, very strong in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there were like a chunk of forwards that uh, the Red Stars went and drafted in this draft class. And, you know, when we were chatting with him, I, I asked him about like, like what overall, like in a broad stroke of the brush, like collecting a ton of forwards in this draft, like what's the vision there? And I think it was nice. It was nice to hear him answer that question for me, like talking about how the vision is very, very long-term. Like there was a view and a mindset of this draft class that, Hey, there's a real, real chance here that we're going to either a not see these players, some of these players at all ever, or B, see them until sometime along the line possibly in 2022 and um i think when there's sort of that mutual mindset and that mutual understanding i think you get the reactions that basically we saw from what are considered like the more the, the top picks for right stars in this draft when it was someone like um Haley or somebody like turnbow and sort of their enthusiasm about it um there was a lot that was you know made about the draft and the rule adjustments that were applied and um, all of the perspectives and thoughts and feelings that people had ab- about that and what that could mean for 
players moving forward when it comes to their player rights and um, being viewed as assets, right? Um, but there's something about draft day and there's something about getting in a room with these players and then you see how much it means to them and you hear how big of a moment in a day is for them. And then you get kind of reminded all over again of like, oh, this is why the draft exists. This is why it's a part of American domestic soccer. And yeah, I, I felt... Yeah, I felt very kind of brought back into reality by the whole thing. It's one of the only, truly, until we get until we get our all-star game, it's one of the only true just overall positive days um, in, in the league where there's no win. Well, there are winners and losers, but it's all a matter of degree. Um, and everyone who's drafted is happy, you know? And right, so I think there was this fear that people who didn't declare for the draft would be drafted and would be like, ugh, so now this team has my rights that's not what happened at all. Everyone was so excited. And we were even reminded, you know, and this is not, I'm only going to spend one sentence on this. We were also reminded why Katarina Macario did what she did too, because she gave an interview and you're just like, man, this is her life. You know, we can talk about it in the abstract and which leagues are better and all of that sort of stuff. But these kids, these kids are making life choices and, no one who is not them and their families can tell them the right thing to do. So, um, yeah, draft day was, was a great reminder of all of that, even over zoom, even, even online, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Um, then as you get into the later rounds again, there's a, there's this narrative that, you know, the picks in the later rounds maybe aren't ones that necessarily pan out, but to, uh, just for context purposes of the episode, you know, 25th, uh, Brianna Alger, uh, 32nd overall Channing Foster and 35th overall Alyssa Gorzak. Uh, I think of these three, Claire, I think we're both in agreement that Naperville's own, Alyssa Gorzak is is likely to be the player of these later round picks who, you know, has a shot at getting in and getting maybe some time with the Red Stars. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, she's going to be available right away. Um, so that's that's useful. She's out of University of Virginia. Um, it sounds like she uh, – they, they did play a season in the fall. They played the ACC season in the fall. Obviously, there are some people who are holding out for some sort of an NCAA tournament this spring. Um, but Rory said that he's expecting her – right away. And yeah, I mean, I think, I think if you are a player that gets picked in that last round or goes undrafted, I think if you want a shot, you got to be like, well, I'm going right now and I am all in 100%. Um, yeah. I mean, Alger, Alger's interesting to me in that she is an outside back. Um, well, she's played center back as well, but she, she most recently has played outside back and I'm like, well, this seems like another kind of later round outside draft or outside. Oh gosh, I can't talk today. Outside back (laughs) pick. Um, that will either work or not, you know, Chicago kind of keeps picking those up and, and seeing sees who sticks. And obviously we've seen great success in someone like Bianca St. George. Um, whereas with someone last year, I don't really know exactly what's going on with like Julia Bingham, for example. So, um, you just kind of don't know you pick, you pick the best player available. Um, and you go from there and then, yeah, I think that, that Gorzak is going to be the one that maybe, um, in preseason. And I don't know what they're planning to do for pre. I think we're finding out soon. They've been teasing some stuff um, in terms of preseason interleague games, um, because obviously the challenge cup is going to be mid April, but Chicago likes to play NWSL teams in preseason as well. And I think that, yeah, Gorsak might be a player that gets some time in, in some preseason games. Yeah. You love to see it. It was, I thought I was like, man, uh, final pick of your draft, your, selecting a, a homegrown kid out of out of Naperville like yes 
make it make more sense. And then they had the draft that they did and they closed it out uh, by choosing their Claire, you know, I'm, I'm your hype bay, right? I got to plug it where it's due. Uh, if you all are into reading and you, again, are a subscriber, Claire did a great job of recapping this for you all immediately. Uh, we like to get that kind of stuff up for you as, as soon as possible and then hit you up with the, the audio versions of our thoughts uh, at a later time. And uh, Claire did a great job of going through a lot of these picks. And part of the conversations that came out of Chicago's draft picks that night was uh, really kind of centered around a player in uh, Channing Foster. Is, uh, you know, most draft nights uh, occur really across all sports. Uh, as players are drafted, you know, they get uh, they get peeped on in their social medias. And that obviously was a conversation as well. And Claire, um, I thought you did a great job of uh, addressing that uh, within the piece. Yeah, I mean, without getting into it too much, because I don't I don't know how much how much energy people want to, to be spent on it. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately, just in terms of the team when you are drafting somebody guys, it's 2021. You have to look at their social media. You have to do your due diligence on that. Um, and you have to address it, uh, before you ever pick the player. Um, because whether, you know, people will agree with me or not, but in picking that player, you are condoning the whole player. You are validating that player. And so if you, whether it was something that you didn't think was a big deal or something that you didn't know about. Um, you have to adjust one of those two things. And if it was something, if you don't think it's a big deal, well, maybe you need to adjust what you think is a big deal. Um, and if you didn't know, you got to do better next time because, uh, you know, you're, what you're doing is you're validating something that just didn't need to be validated. Um, so yeah, it seemed, I mean, what I said in the piece was that I don't think that that, person seems like a great locker room fit uh but you know that's something that if the team is committed to it they will figure out i, I guess yeah there's also that concept of like when we were talking about like this is a late round forward that the team quite frankly could possibly never hear from you know and it's just again i'm just not even trying to like rain on anyone's uh, right right potential, but yeah. It's just a fact that develop throughout various drafts. There are not a ton of um, late – unless you're Chris and Hamilton, right? Um, There's not a ton of uh, late round forwards who really uh, kind of break out through through their respective teams. So uh, I do want to just to sort of transition and maybe segue a little bit. I do want to go back to that first round. you know, watching that first round unfold was painful, right? In a way, because it was two hours long. Two hours. <laughs> there were multiple. There were multiple um, timeouts that were taken. It was. It was excessive, and it was a lot. But something that was happening um, in between all of the waiting, and in between all of the timeouts, uh, as players were getting selected and picked from various teams, and again the women's soccer faithful will, will let you hear it. And they did, but there were several uh, women of color, black women, multicultural women, uh, Latinx identifying women who were selected in that first round and uh, really kind of a historic and 
uh, type of day, draft day, for NWSL, uh, something that we have never really seen before with seven, right? It was seven players from whether it was a black identifying, multicultural identifying, or Latinx identifying backgrounds, uh, among others, if I'm missing them, please forgive me, but um, that were taken in the first round. And seeing that kind of energy um, on a personal level, you love to see it. Um, I loved to see it. Uh, I loved seeing somebody like Brianna Pinto and Trinity Rodman get selected as high as they did. I love to see Chicago Red Stars select Madison Haley out of Stanford University. Um, you know, Viviana Villacorta for Orlando Pride. Uh, seeing somebody like Kiki Pickett, you know, who, from my understanding, is, is, comes from a multicultural background as well. You know, um, I believe she's, you know, Afro-Latina identifying. So I just, uh, I I loved it. I loved every second of it. Um, I know that 2020 presented a lot of new challenges for many teams and many players and coaches and their staff um, that involved things outside of the pandemic that they probably, quite frankly, weren't prepared to handle. And they tried their best and are, I hope, still trying their best. Um, But I love to see players who are coming into the league with a ton of talent, a ton of high ceilings, but of equal importance to me, uh, a different mindset and perspectives that I think are desperately, desperately, desperately needed within the NWSL in order to really shift and shape the league that they are trying to be. And uh, I'm really, really excited about the draft class out of 2021. And that first round was really lovely to witness. Yeah. Um, I wholeheartedly agree with everything you just said. Um, and I think that you're, and, and what you, what you said was so perfect was you're right. It's, it's not only, you know, it's because we are having conversations about player advocacy and we want players to be advocating for themselves and we want players to be speaking out about the things that they care about. And I guess my only, my only follow up to that is that, yes, this draft class was historic this first round and you know, that is step one, right? But step two, three, four, and five is you, these teams now understanding that we are holding them to high standards on this. You cannot draft a player and then say, well, sink or swim in our system. Um, you, there is a level of responsibility and there is a level of, of actual investment needed um, that in a way goes against a lot of what the NWSL was founded on because the NWSL is founded on fierce competition where you are not, you know, quote unquote, you know, babied or coddled. And if you are not, you know, bringing your 100% every single day, there's somebody else who's going to take that spot. You got to think deeper than that always now. And it should have been that way from the beginning. Um, certainly should be that way now. And so even when you see maybe missteps by a team like Chicago, you're like, are they ready for this? You know, and we just have to kind of keep our eye on that, um, you know, with, with good intentions, you know, give them, give them the benefits of, of the doubt that they deserve, but also just kind of making sure that you have to follow through 
if you're going to do something historic, you have to follow through on it. And so that's kind of where I'm at with, with all of that right now. Shout out to the 2021 draft class. You were filled with lots of uncertainty in a extremely uncertain time. Right. And uh, I look forward to seeing all those first rounders and, and potentially anyone else who's, who's trying to make their way, um, make a professional career and hopefully grow those careers and, and in turn uh, grow the league uh, moving forward in a way that uh, we would all love to see uh, the league moving forward. So with that, you got to know of moving forward, speaking of transitions, baby. Uh, thank you all. We appreciate all your love and support. Uh, we're going to hit you up with the next portion of this episode, uh, which I think is really, really appropriate because you got to, to, Know where you're going. You got to know where you came from. And shout out to Sarah Wilmo. She is a veteran of this league. You're talking a six, seven year veteran, and she is one of the newest Chicago Red Stars now. So uh, please enjoy this next interview segment. If you like what you hear, please know that you can always continue your support of the Chicago uh, Red Stars and uh, also the podcast, that podcast all about them. Southside Trap Podcast. Uh, you can find us on all social media channels, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. And please, uh, if you get a chance, please find our patron and uh, subscribe. Find a tier that works for you. Put a lot of good work up there for you. And uh, we're all about community building here. So we uh, really appreciate if you join us along for the ride. So uh, enjoy our next segment with uh, Sarah Wilden. Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay outside with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra, uh, here today with a special edition episode. Uh, we love to talk to some Red Stars, so I'm I'm joined today by my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. the Scam Originator. How you doing today, Claire? I'm feeling great. I'm excited. First time in 2021, we're going to talk to some Red Stars. <laughs> yeah, let's get it in, baby. We're joined today by... The newest addition to the Chicago Red Stars family, Sarah Waldmall. Sarah Waldmall, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Uh, so happy to be here and to be a part of this podcast. We're really excited uh, to chat a bit with you. You've got uh, such a great career as someone who has been playing within NWSL for X amount of years. And uh, we were really excited to hear when the Chicago Red Stars had made a trade. We're always excited when Rory Day uh, makes trades. So when they announced MLP and, and, and your arrival from Sky Blue, we were like, yes, this, this makes wonderful sense. It makes perfect sense for the Red Stars to have somebody like Sarah Waldmo as part of their midfield. Uh, but we wanted to discuss a little bit, maybe to get you back in that mindset of what was kind of that trade like, what were the discussions in making that happen? Basically your journey to Chicago, because there was a lot of discussion once the trade was announced, how, how a part of that was a move was made in good faith to, for you to, to, to get here to what's your considered uh, kind of uh, your hometown right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, it's no secret, Elise uh, Lahoy, who is the GM of Sky Blue tweeted out, I'm a bit, more information on the trade and kind of what went down. But we've known for a while uh, that my husband was going to be attending Chicago Booth. And so she had kind of promised me uh, last off season that she would get me to Chicago or, or work on that trade um, just so that my husband and I would not have to be long distance. And then there's another piece of that too, that, you know, I have always 
admired the Chicago Red Stars, uh, and especially their midfield, uh, being a midfielder myself. And so there's a part of me too that, you know, is, is and was hungry for a new challenge. And I knew that uh, the Chicago Red Stars would be a challenge for me coming here to play. So that's kind of a little bit what happened. And then, I mean, when the trade actually happened and went down, I was ecstatic. My husband and I were so happy uh, to not only, you know, be together, but also just for me and uh, this career move for me and what it means. And just to be a part of, again, the Red Stars is phenomenal. So, yeah. go ahead, Claire. Oh, I was going to say, so, yes, yeah, so new team, this, you know, big move because you have been synonymous with Sky Blue for, for many years. Um, but you're, there's a lot of familiar faces on the Red Stars, though, and it's kind of funny how that happens sometimes when trades happen between Sky Blue and Chicago. It's like, yes, you're moving to a new team, but you have so many people that you already know. Um, you're joining, let's do the list. So you're joining Kalia Watt, Julie Ertz, Morgan Gatra, Vanessa Bernardo from the 2012 U20s, Katie Johnson and Nikki Stanton, also from Sky Blue. And did you overlap with Zoe Gorowski at all at UCLA? Do you two I know did. each other? So yeah. big, big group of, big group of people that you have, uh, that you have history with. Does it feel a little bit easier to make that jump knowing that you have so many people um, that already know you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, makes it easier. I mean, I, you know, was texting and spoke to majority of the players by now, which is just so neat. I mean, how often does that happen that you get traded? And there's such a, uh, so many welcoming faces and uh, just the ability to be able to catch up with a lot of these people, but then know that I'm going to be spending the next, you know, I mean, forever with, you know, them and uh, being able to play on the same field with them again and get to know their style of play again along with mine and how we've both grown and matured uh, as individuals, uh, you know, and coming back together and being able to play is just I'm, – I'm so excited for it. It's awesome. You know, just uh, lev- like maybe focusing in still on that sky blue aspect of it a little bit, um, one of the things that we were really – kind of hyped about when the fall series got announced, even though it was just going to be like a four match continuous competition, piggybacking off of challenge cup was the, the concept of the pods. And there was a Northeast pod with, with sky blue, Washington and Chicago. And we were really hyped about that because maybe in prior seasons, uh, the Red Stars might've had sky blues number in some matches, you know, but, and really in recent years, that had kind of shifted and changed. And we saw a little bit of different competition between the two sides. So getting to see the continuation of that with a uh, fall series was a real treat. So in terms of uh, your overall opinion of that kind of sky blue Chicago relationship, is, is you think there's maybe a rivalry there? Or is it just sort of like a respectful, competitive aspect that's going on? I mean, probably both, right? Um there's always, I feel like there's almost a rivalry between every team. It being such, you know, such a small league and only so many teams, you just know the team so well, you know, the players so well. Uh, It's a small world, I would say, but uh, there's definitely, you know, that competitive edge when we would play Chicago uh, when I was playing on Sky Blue. And we knew we were going to get a great game. Chicago is one of the best teams in the league. And it was such a challenge for us to go up against that. And I think that it always kind of brought our best out at sky blue because we knew we had to bring our a or a plus game. And 
so yeah, I mean, when we heard about the pods too, and just who was in it, we were definitely excited to be playing Chicago twice. And especially after being kicked out in the challenge cup uh, by Chicago last year. Um, just, just to follow up on that really quickly, you know, going, going from sky blue to Chicago, these are two teams with really long histories, um, in women's pro soccer, even just outside NWSL. Uh, so having those type of histories, these are two clubs that are independently ranked clubs and then going from sky blue and then coming to a place like Chicago and sort of seeing where they maybe started to where they are now, if you could just maybe sort of give us your perspectives on, on some things that are maybe haven't changed or some things that have, have grown. Yeah. I mean, wow. I mean, the league in general has grown, I think tremendously over the past couple of years. Uh, but yeah, Chicago, New Jersey in general, it's been a neat transition to see uh, the improvements, I would say, both on the field and off, off the field, especially for Sky Blue. Um, I've always heard great things about Chicago and uh, the club and the organization itself. And then playing-wise, I mean, it's getting to the point now where I feel like the teams are just saturated with so much talent. And it's good that we have expansion teams because I feel like there's players on the benches now that need to have playtime and need to be on the field and deserve that. But it's been so neat to see uh, the the styles and the transitions of both of the organizations, Sky Blue and Chicago over the couple years that I've been in the league. And I'm excited to see where it goes from here for sure. Yeah. I've always, I've always thought that the, the Sky Blue Chicago relationship is also interesting as well, because it seems like they are teams that do business with one another in terms of player movement quite a bit. Um, lots of players from Sky Blue have come to Chicago, even just in the last couple of years, obviously Chicago sent Jen Hoy to, to Sky Blue a couple of years back as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, first question is, uh, did did that relationship make you feel hopeful initially that this was a deal that could get done? And then my second question is, Roy brought this up, and I just thought this was very funny that he brought it up during the press conference. The um, the fact that the six points that you guys took off of Chicago in 2019 <laughs> stopped them from winning the Shield. Was that something that you guys had talked about at all, or is that just something that's stuck in Rory's brain forever now? <laughs> it must be stuck in his brain because, I mean, I do speci- – I remember those games. Um, and like I said, I mean – we have a great time. Like we always had a great time showing up against Chicago and knowing we had to bring our A plus game. And so, you know, there is that relationship there of them, you know, having so many trades and, you know, feeling like, you know, it's called the highway between sky blue and Chicago a little bit. And so (laughs) we definitely always came in like a little bit harder uh, than usual, but yeah, that is so funny that he brought that up and I could see why that would sit with him a bit. Definitely. And then I was, I was hopeful about the trade. Um, Elise actually came from Chicago. So our GM came from Chicago. And so she kind of spoke highly of the relationship that she had, not only with the organization, but with Rory specifically. And so I knew that there was a strong possibility that it could happen, but I definitely had to put a little bit of just faith and trust in Elise and what she said that she was going to do. You know, um, I'm just thinking about how we're going to segue to the draft here. And I, I just keep thinking about the draft that Sky Blue just had. Um, and yeah. But everything leading up to that, I think, is what I, I would really love to get your perspectives on, if you'd be willing to share. Again, someone who's, who's been in the league as long as you have been, um, you know, in, involved with the the Players Association. You've got a lot of uh, great insight, I'm sure, on this. But so many 
things have impacted the league and they have tried to adjust things on the fly, whether it was last year with the formation of the Challenge Cup and then the fall series and trying to execute games as, as safely as, as possible to looking into 2021 now and kind of putting together the framework that they have, um, a timeline for players to report, the, the, the continuation of the Challenge Cup again, and uh, most recently with, with the draft and a lot of the uncertainty that, that happened around there. There was a waiver that they requested from the NCAA um, that made things more complex, and there was maybe a little bit of a, a different perspective, maybe perhaps lack of, of buy-in, uh, you know, in terms of being able to declare or find yourself wanting to register for the draft because, again, because of all the uncertainty, um, there's no real finger-pointing or, or blame and go around on that. Uh, but in terms of what has transpired and, and players uh, declaring themselves for the draft and having to go through that process, um, what was some of your thoughts in terms of how that looked a little bit different this year? And what advice would you give to, to players as, as they make those decisions and go through that type of stuff? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the NWSL in general has tried to um, do the best that they can with a lot of the situations that, you know, they've been thrown at. And with the Challenge Cup, obviously, like you said, the formation of this year and what that looks like. And I feel like the league is doing their best. And I think that um, it, it's going to be a little sticky because just like anything in 2020 or 2021, that's just kind of the times that we're living in right now. Uh, but I think with that, I think that the advice I would give is that there's always going to be adversity right? There's always going to be stickiness and nothing is ever going to be perfect in your career. Uh, any player, you know, who's six, seven years in like me, is going to tell you that it's a roller coaster. There's ups and downs. They're going to be, you know, thrown into situations that are uncomfortable and you just always have to keep grinding and keep working and bring your best to the table every single day. Uh, leave it out all out on the field and let the, let the rest just kind of fall where it may, I will say, you know, a lot of things are out of your control and a lot of people are trying to make the best decisions that they can who sit at the top of the league and of organizations and coaching staffs. And you got to put your trust in that, but, you know, take care of what you can take care of. And that is uh, what you get done on the field and the professionalism at which, you know, you show up to the field. So I think that's the advice I would give. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So we're going to pivot a little bit, um, pivot to our favorite topic, which is the great city of Chicago. Um, uh, so specifically, so Sandra, Sandra is the queen of Chicago. She's from Chicago. I'm originally from Ohio. And so maybe it's better if I ask this question, just specifically as a person from Indiana growing up, what was your, what was your idea of what Chicago was? Was it a place that you always kind of wanted to live? Was it a place where you were a little bit like chip on your shoulder? Like they're not so great. What, what was, uh, what's, what was growing up your idea of Chicago and what are you excited to do there now just in the city? Good question. I think growing up, I just always in my head, just pictured it. I was just like, oh, we have Indianapolis, but Chicago's like, like a little bit bigger and a little bit more glamorous than Indianapolis in my head. Um, and we would go, I mean, it's three hours from Fort Wayne. So we would drive over for tournaments or league games, whatever, uh, quite often. And I, I mean, I loved it. We, we didn't get to see a lot of the, the city, city part of Chicago growing up because, you know, we were on a soccer field and I was little and I didn't really know that much about it. But as I got older, and I was able to go kind of explore. I 
I mean, I loved it. I loved just the uh, diversity of it, the, you know, ability to have, you got the lake right there, but then, you know, you've got some, so many things to do and so many fun activities in the parks and stuff like that. So I think I always just pictured it as being this kind of glamorous city. Um, and then a lot of people actually from Fort Wayne end up in Indi- Indianapolis or Chicago, you know, after college or stuff like that. So that was kind of something I was like, oh, maybe I'll transition there at some point in my life, I guess, growing up. But it's kind of full circle now that it actually is kind of happening and I'm coming back to the Midwest. That's awesome. Is, is there something um, within the city that you're uh, looking forward to, to participating in uh, now that this is your hometown for you? Yeah, that is a good question. Okay, so you know, like Maggie Daly Park, this is kind of random. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the ice skating like rink? Yep. Mm-hmm. I like totally, I can't wait to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. An that ice is skating rink growing extra, up. Extra props for picking a winter activity <laughs> over a summer <laughs> activity. You're a real one. That's a real, that's a real. This, this, is a, this, is, yeah. this is a podcast and it's audio, but I'm applauding people who are listening. I am applauding Sarah Weldmo. This is the first time ever that someone's actually, I believe, chosen a winner, a frozen Chicago winner. <laughs> activity everyone always comes up on here and is like oh summertime shy and it's like hey i'm I'm into it and of course yes we will represent that season always but Mm -hmm. i I love of course a midwesterner came on this show and said ice skating (laughs) is the the chicago thing that she's looking forward to doing uh i love that uh in terms of the city you you mentioned something like it's uh it's it's diversity and and chicago's a huge it's a major city it's it's constantly finding itself in headlines and a a big thing that does uh represent what it is 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 its its culture whether it's the city's culture or the cultures within its neighborhoods uh that really uh make up what the city is is really about and uh in 2020 you know was a city that was very active in in terms of all of the the protesting and the calls to actions that were were taking uh, place, uh, uh, you know, in solidarity for for Black Lives, and you know, something that we had to cover during Challenge Cup and during Fall Series was um, all of the ongoing conversations and, and energy from within players and how they wanted to participate in expressing various forms of, of solidarity. And when it came to fall series with, with Sky Blue and New Washington Spirit in that first game, um, you guys all came together and, and wore those uh, shirts sort of kicking things off for fall series. So in terms of all of those conversations, all of the growth that we're constantly hearing about, the uh, ongoing learning that is taking place for a number of players, you know, really, you know, white women specifically who are diving into these things probably for the first time in a long time. Um, what do you feel needs to happen to make sure that that same energy that was kind of captured in 2020 still carries on in, in a new team? Yeah, that is a great question. And, you know, I think that last year was kind of the time of, you know, seeing it kind of a rude awakening for a lot of people and seeing it and you know, speaking out about it and being able to use our voice for the first time. And I feel like 2021 is going to transition into being more um, of ad- advocates, getting more involved in the community, um, getting more involved in organizations, um, and actually kind of getting our getting our hands dirty and getting out there and being more of a face and not just a voice uh, and getting involved in 
you know, supporting uh, the march towards justice and um, making sure that we are using our voices the best that we can, but also I think getting involved and in the thick of it is going to be really important in 2021. Is that something that, you know, I, like, like we said, you, you have been a leader at Sky Blue for a long time. You are, you know, you were one of the steadiest hands in that group for, for many years. Moving to a new team with those kinds of, I mean, those kinds of conversations, but even just in terms of, of locker room presence, I'm really interested in, is, this, is it something that you've thought about how, how to approach kind of entering into a new situation and kind of bringing those same qualities, obviously, but you're moving to a team that has its own kind of locker room culture and its own sort of leadership hierarchy and stuff like that. Um, and how do you, when making a big jump like this, obviously, you know, you want to take care of what's going on on the field. You want to train well, you want to do all of that sort of stuff. But um, in terms of a leadership role or as a veteran or anything like that, what is the mental approach going into a new environment? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, there are some fantastic leaders uh, on Chicago's team and a lot of people that I look up to. And I think that just, you know, stepping into that culture that is already set uh, is just going to be about being me and bringing my best me, like I said, but also supporting those leaders and uh, just being a servant leader and being there for them in any way that I can, uh, whether that's on the field or off the field or whatever they need me to do. Um, I, de I definitely think it's going to be obviously a different role than I had at Sky Blue, but I think at the same time, I can be very um, helpful in, in any way possible and just support, you know, those leaders and the culture that they have created. And uh, to be a part of that, I'm going to be honored to be a part of that. So I can't wait. I love it. Um... You know, we want we always try to close out these episodes with some like fun rapid fire questions before before we do that, though, um, to sort of close out the, the discussion that we just had for personally, you know, what are some of your goals uh, that you have just uh, on and off the pitch uh, for, for 2021? Yeah, hmm. I mean, I think individually, I always kind of have some goals in my heart to try to achieve. But for me, the the team goals will always come first. Uh, and, you know, obviously not being there yet and not being with the team and not really being in any team meetings yet. I'm not sure what that looks like, those goals, but uh, I just can't wait to absolutely show up every day and still be me and still give 100%. And just obviously, if I can help this team achieve our team goals in any way possible, this year and win an NWSL championship. I, I mean, that is the, the ultimate goal. I actually, I have one, I have one more on-field question as well. And I'm going to, I'm going to kick it to you, which is just, you know, we, it's our job. We do a lot of kind of explaining the way players play and be like, here's why you should be so excited that this player's coming to the team without getting too far into formations or anything like that. Can you kind of explain to like a Chicago Red Stars fan that goes, I've seen Sarah Wilmo play, but what is it that she brings to a midfield? Can you kind of explain uh, what role you played at Sky Blue, even if you want to go back to what role you played in college and kind of what you bring to the table in terms of the Chicago midfield? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I got to talk about my personal involvement. <laughs> um, for sure. So I think that one of the things that kind of define that defines my style of play is just consistency. And that is consistency on both sides of the ball. 
being kind of that rock in the midfield that, you know, can, has the ability to get stuck in and win defensive battles and, you know, also just picking balls off or getting, you know, they used to call my big toe, uh, get, get my big toe in the way of, of passes and stuff like that. But then at the same time on the other side of the ball, um, having good vision, being able to know um, the pace at which the team needs to play, uh, the speed of play that, that the game needs and the team needs uh, at any point in the game, uh, being able to spray balls, uh, change the point of attack, just trying to be, you know, like I said, what the team needs, uh, whether that's on either side of the ball. And I think that just playing with some of those midfielders in the past, I cannot, I, I know, you know, in the past at least, and obviously watching game film and stuff like that, I know how a lot of them play and I am just ecstatic to be able to learn from them, uh, grow alongside them and to just, like I said, help in any way I can. That's awesome. Um, this might be a good question to lead into the, the rapid fire. That never really is a rapid fire. We always just like kind of chat out <laughs> questions anyway. Um, but this is a question that I, I ask pretty often, both of any Red Stars player that we get on here and, and whenever I'm doing stuff for CBS and any other NWSL players, whenever these type of uh, trades are made within team to team for roster movement. But uh, especially for you and again, playing in a team with so many familiar faces, is there a player that you're really eager to play alongside with versus having to go up against uh, <laughs> on a match? Day? Hmm. Who did you dread going up against? <laughs> dread going up against. I mean, it's never fun to have Kalia like running with your back line, you know? So some of those, yeah, she's, she's a um, very dangerous and threatening forward. So I think that that is one player I'm excited not to have to try to always know where she is like on my back all the time. And, you know, to always have to be aware of her. It's nice that now, you know, I'll be playing with her and can hopefully feed her the ball a little bit. Nice. Looking forward to that. Um, obviously, 2020 um, had a lot of challenges. Uh, the biggest one probably was obviously the ongoing pandemic that we're all trying to handle. Was there, is there a favorite quarantine hobby that has come out of uh, all of this that, you, that you've uh, really come to enjoy, whether it's reading or watching something or whatever? Yeah, uh, probably ping pong with my husband. Uh, yes, he played tennis growing up and I, so he is like tennis to ping pong. I mean, he had two brothers, so that's all they would do. And I also played with my dad all growing up. So we get pretty competitive down in the basement. That's, that's impressive. That's learning a skill. That's, that's great. (laughs) That's arguably, you can be like, that's training. No, I'm, I'm training. That's my hand-eye coordination. Uh Um, so we ask everybody this, uh, you can use resources if you need to, do you have, I mean, we're in off season, so maybe not front of mind at this moment, but do you have a particular favorite like game day hype song? Like what is the song that you listen to that gets you super hype for game day? Also, nothing is embarrassing here. We've no, had- it's it's true. We've gotten a wide range. <laughs> so many people at so many different things. If it's we've had people tell us that it, it's just the sound of their significant other's voice. That they, yes, yeah. Um, you know, to 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 Cardi B. So it doesn't it doesn't yeah. matter what it is. Um, probably do you know the song "Coming in Hot" by Lecrae? Coming in hot. Yeah. No. That's, that's what I you're going with. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah, that that gets me pumped. 
I, I love it. This, is yeah. my, this might be my favorite question that we ask all the rest <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Never, can you get like new music, hopefully, some new music ideas? Well, yeah, exactly. Sometimes I'll go back and I'll be like, I got to find that song they were talking about. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, no, this is this is a bop. They're right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll just add it on the playlist. Some, um, of, some of these songs also do make it into the uh, the stadium the stadium playlist on game day. Nice. So, so yeah. watch okay. out. Yeah. They yeah. listen to us. They, they yeah. know us. They know us. <laughs> They might be like, and this one's for Sarah Waldman. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Is there, uh, when it again, we love to talk about the city. Uh, Is there a Chicagoism that maybe you perhaps don't quite understand yet? Like the concept of deep dish or what is it about mustard with hot dogs or, you know, Willis versus Sears Tower? Is there like a Chicagoism that you, you don't quite understand yet that you're looking forward to maybe? fully understanding someday okay so my husband and I obviously had to try deep dish right when we got there but then we realized that it's not just Giordano's like there's or um or the other there's like another kind of big one right Luminati's is the other one that gets yes we tried both of those but then we started looking we're like wait there's like tons of deep deep dish places so is it just like they're all good or is it like everyone has their personal favorite or do you just go to whichever one you want? I don't know, Sarah, you're going to have to Yeah, you know, that deep dish, I like that, that the, it's more just like, yes, you're like, yes, we've heard of deep dish, but deep dish as a concept, what, what yeah. is it? Yeah, I'm a little confused. So, I mean, I think we're going to try another place now because and then I guess stick with our favorite from then on. Yeah, I would say I would say maybe my advice is just don't don't think don't worry too much about that. <laughs> um, don't, yeah, don't overthink. Don't overthink deep dish. Yeah, okay. yeah. Don't overthink the pizza. Period. Because yeah. if you enjoy deep yeah. dish, boy, wait till you try Chicago thin crust. You're gonna yeah, it's true. A revelation. Awesome. Um, and this is gonna be. I think this is gonna be an interesting quote-unquote rapid fire to close on because you're an indiana kid with chicago ties now and i'm always interested to hear the indiana perspectives on this question but when it comes to the sport of baseball chicago has two teams mm-hmm. do you have any affinity one towards the other or is it just sort of a toss-up for you or you're just like yay chicago <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely i mean it's yay chicago i'm in, i'm pretty indifferent i wasn't like a huge baseball fan growing up so i will enjoy going to both and I will not pick a side. It will mo- more so be just for the enjoyment of watching baseball. Well, I'm happy to let you know that all of those votes, those indifferent votes, count for the White Sox. So <laughs> yeah. We tally well, those up for, yeah, we, we count those. We tally those up for the White Sox. You're, you're a part of a team now that has a lot of uh, North Burb kids. So okay. they, tend to, they tend to sway uh, one way or the other. But uh <laughs> I want to thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Uh, appreciate you going in on some, some of the questions. This was a lovely, lovely chat. We hope to uh, have you again in the future once some games get going. We'd love to get your perspectives on actual match days for Chicago Red Stars in 2021. And uh, if there's anything you want to let the fans know or where they can follow you or engage with you, please uh, let them know now. Sir. Well, no, I'm just, I mean, I'll end with thank you so much for having me. Um, so neat to be able to kind of be a part of history with the Chicago Red Stars. I mean, both of you. And just for fans, I am so excited, so excited. I can't wait for games, can't wait to get to know everyone and to just be a part of this city. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time, Sarah, and uh, good luck and we'll see you in the future. Thank you. <laughs>